Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply have you seen that mukbang stuff mukbang Mukbang. So um, I think it's Korean. Uh huh. Um, pheno- classic YouTube phenomenon that's come out of nowhere. Um, basically, people eat on camera. Oh yes, I it. have seen this. It was yeah. supposed to be just this like interesting voyeuristic thing, and people like pay so much money to these Ugh. YouTubers who are like just sitting and eating a load of spaghetti. We live in the worst timeline. I think it is actually the darkest timeline. It's just like. Ah, oh, it's so bad that these things have, I mean, and like bad is the wrong word because I don't want to like, you know, ev- everyone's individual and people. We ain't should... going to yuck no one's yums. Exactly. But like, man, it's weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like collectively, all at once, yeah. it's all very weird. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> so yeah, we won't be starting a mukbang podcast. Yet. Sorry. for yeah, yeah, we'll wait until, I, don't, I was going to say the money dries up, but. <laughs> Yeah, this is our primary careers. Um, Uh, It really, really is. Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with monologues and Mountain Dew. (laughs) Yes. Um, Is that your classy laugh? (laughs) Yes. Oh, wait, I've just realized I've made a big blunder. You really have, because now we can't talk about what we're drinking today because you've already stolen... Every well, joke we could hey, possibly make. You always go first, so <laughs> good luck. Uh, today I'm drinking a what does he call it? A pansy serum. Wow, isn't that what I think? That's what what he calls it in the show in A Midsummer Nightmare with Zombies. Yes, it is. It is. Well done. You're welcome. Bravo. You're welcome, America. Um, I'm drinking this. This is a true story. I yes. mean, it's not actually true. I'm not drinking it right now, but I have drunk, uh-huh. drank, drank, drunk. Um, uh, it was a, a lovely can of like apple flavored soft drink, uh huh, with Bulbasaur on it, the Pokemon, and it was from <laughs> Japan. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that's good. That's wonderful. Apple flavored. Huh. Apple, yeah, Bulbasaur just, is apple. I just never would have thought of Bulbasaur as being apple flavored. No, maybe like because what were the other ones? So you had um, Pikachu was there, and it was like a sort of a mango. I okay. Think. Yeah. Okay. Yellow. Yeah. Um, but one of them was really obscure. Was it Squirtle? 
I think it might have been Squirtle, but mm-hmm. it was nothing to do with like li- like liquid or water. It was something like lychee. Light. I think it was lychee. Huh. Weird. Lychee. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. That's the right way. But, lychee. You know, I didn't know if it was a is that a is that a Scottishism. Lychee. lychee. No, I'm just pronouncing it the way it should be. We're not getting into this again. <laughs> lychee. Not after last time. Uh, no, the last lychee incident. Why? Why the Mountain Dew, the Pansy Serum, and soft drink from Japan, Jimmy? From Japan. Well, that would be telling. So instead, I'm going to give you a quiz question. I'm well, excited. another quiz statement. We seem to be doing quite a lot of quiz statements recently. We have got, really, if anything, we have the structure of this podcast down pat. And, uh, oh, you know. stunning. <laughs> um. Okay, so, well, sadly, in fact, very sadly. It is, it's really a travesty. Devastatingly. Um, the musical adaptation of this young adult novel uh, does not star Mr. Keanu Reeves as the antagonist. Ugh. Uh, wouldn't that be the day? It will. Maybe it, maybe it will be. Maybe it will. Now that, the, now that it's going off Broadway. What show? What show is it, Jimmy? We are talking about Be More Chill. All your nerdiness is ugly. Nerd? I thought I was more of a geek. All but... your stammering's a chore. Uh, uh, what? Your ticks and fidgets are persistent. And your charm is non-existent. We'll fix your vibe, then fix them more. No, wait, stop. Oh, everything about you is so terrible. Oh, everything about you makes me want to die. Jesus Christ. So don't freak out and don't resist and have no doubt if I assist you Chill. First things first, go buy a new shirt. What? What's wrong with my shirt? <laughs> so what I like to do now, right? Uh-huh. See, every time I'm editing, uh-huh. is when you start to sing a jingle, I'm like, well, I won't be using that. Song. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been a fun adventure. So just to let you know that that's, that's what happened. I'm excited for like the super future cut of me poorly singing instrumental beginnings of... I think it will be like, we'll eventually be able to, you know, create a whole understory <laughs> of a musical. <laughs> just me going like, da, 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 da. Yeah, exactly. It'll be beautiful. It'll be really beautiful. It so, be. be more chill. Be more chill. We all should. Um, we have music and lyrics by Mr. Joe Iconis. We do, and book by Joe Trace. It's the two Joes working on this show together. I see what you did there. There you, you go. looked it up, didn't you? I did look it up. <laughs> That's preparation. Do you want to do the next one? Sure. Uh, and it's ba- this musical, Be More Chill, is based on a young adult novel by Ned Vizzini. It is. Vizzini? Viz- I think it's Vizzini. Okay. I guess it depends where you're from. Man, it's so hard. Can I, the, as, a, <laughs> as a former YouTuber slash YouTuber in hibernation, it is yeah. so difficult to accurately and correctly track down someone's correct name pronunciation. Oh my um, gosh. Like, let's not even talk about Rogers and Hammerstein. Is it? Right? Who I don't knows? know. I don't I know. I just feel like nobody knows. This. I feel like I'm wrong every time. I have watched interviews with his best friend, Stephen Sondheim. Right. And Stephen Sondheim has said it differently. And I'm like, if we can't trust you, Steve. Who can we trust? <laughs> who can we trust? <laughs> so there we go. Anyway. Be um, More Chill. Premiered at the Two River Theatre in New Jersey in 2015. 
Yes, it did. And then we didn't hear from it. No, for maybe a you couple know, of years. As, as is normal for a show that happens way out of town and, you know, yeah. that's that. And then suddenly, kaboom, um, Tumblr finds it and it becomes uh, one of the uh, most talked about shows on Tumblr. It was the second most talked about show on Tumblr behind Ham. Yeah, which is huge. If you ever look at the analytics of like, where Hamilton is in any kind of online discourse versus mm-hmm. whatever the number two is at that time. It's yep. like orders of magnitude. So to yeah. be number two is, it's basically being number one. It, exactly. Absolutely. Um, and if you don't really count Tumblr as a rating for anything, which is, you know, fair. Um, it also, in its 97th week of release, the cast album went into the uh, Billboard's Broadway Top 10 charts. Yeah, like what a... 97 weeks. Like what a slow... It was closed. It had been closed for years by the time it hit the Billboard's. Um, No, which is so... The the growth of the show is crazy, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. insane. Um, Absolutely insane. Um, And because of that, therefore, um, producers have been like, well, hey, yeah, rubbing the fist together. And uh, we now have uh, off-Broadway production coming this summer in July um, with a view. There's already chat about it going on to Broadway. Yep. And I'm sure it's going to do absolutely wonderfully. I mean, regardless of the current Broadway season, um, but then also especially because of the current Broadway season. Exactly. That's something to be very, very excited about. I'm sure there are plenty of our listeners out there who are very, very excited about this. I know I am. Yeah, I think so. I'm very just, I'm excited to see where it goes. We'll probably talk about that. Yeah. As usual, get it on a t-shirt. So, Be More Chill, what is it? Uh, Be More Chill is a, pretty much a generic high school story um, Mm -hmm. with a severe... Uh, sci-fi undertone. I think it's yeah. one. Of, it's one of the mini documentaries about the cast recording, where one of the cast members describes it as um, Heather's in the world of Mean Girls meets Little Shop of Horrors, which I exactly. think is one hundred percent accurate. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and because it, it is, it's it's uh, harking back to that classic Faustian tale, mm-hmm. you know, with your. Um, the devil comes up and says, hey, look at this. I can make you better. And you're like, oh, that sounds good. And then everything starts to go to shit as you get your heart's desire. And then you realize, hey, maybe I had it all along. Yep. You know? Uh, um, so our main character, Jeremy here, um, yep. who Joe Iconis describes as so beyond normal, he is the most uninteresting person in the world. He's not, yep. he's even so boring that he can't even be called a loser. Um, yeah. And Jeremy here is, you know, trying to struggle through high school when through a series of events ends up in the back of a woman's footlocker where he purchases a brand new piece of super quantum nanotechnology called a squip. It's a pill you eat and it implants in your brain and then it tells you what to do. Exactly. Um, And sci-fi complications ensue. They absolutely do. Um, but kind of amidst all that, it is, it is your classic high school story of struggling teen coping with emotion mm-hmm. in all shapes and sizes um, and uh, has a lot of heart to it. Yes, very much a lot of heart. And like we were talking about this I, maybe before we hit record, but like crazy catchy music. Yes, like, like ridiculously so. so. So wonderfully written. It's very funny, hyper contemporary. Um, yep. you know, a wonderful encapsulation, I think, of 
this is going to make me sound like an old fart, but the contemporary high schooler. Um, mm-hmm. It's there is well, a you reason. You see them every day. So. I, I mean, and hashtag we'll talk about it. But yeah, um, the the way high school and high schoolers are represented in this rings truer to me than any other contemporary representation of youth. Um, yeah, in a hugely like real and non-demeaning way. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that actually because I think that is particularly the non-demeaning thing is the the, the little kicker. Yeah, little there. Yeah. Um. So, shall we? Are you sitting comfortably? I am. Are you? Yes. Then I'll begin. <laughs> That's a a callback to old British television. <laughs> we had a show called Watch with Mother. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like the title of an Arrested <laughs> Development episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mother boy. So I've been rewatching it. Find the bad guy, push him aside, then move on forward with your friend at your side. It's a two-player game, so when they make an attack, you know you got a brother gonna have your back. Then you stay on track, and I remain on course. And if they give you a smack, you gotta you use your force. And if you leave your brother behind, it's late. Because it's an effed up world, but it's a two-player game. Hey! So, I think... Uh, for this one, let's start with content. We sure. always kind of leave content to the end. Let's start with content yeah. and then we can see what that content did. Um, so obviously Joe Iconis, um, we, you know, we don't see him in the Broadway sphere. No, but definitely in the like New York musical theater sphere. Yes. And on the uh, televisual oh, yes. sphere, of TV course. TV smash, because... hashtag season three soon. I'm, supposed, I'm contractually obligated to say that. It's not going to happen. But if we say it happens enough, then it will happen. That's how these oh things happen. You I'm sorry. I saw I your the color, in my the color drained from your face. That was amazing. I'm sorry. I, I got tingles in my fingers I there. I was like, like that. that's, so, that's really cruel. But bombshell <laughs> still on the horizon. It's true. It's true. So it's Joe Iconis, uh, one of the staff writers, I don't know, wrote a couple songs for Smash. Yeah. Yeah, he was there for he, he did a fair few a lot of the good Broadway Here I Come, for example. Yes. You, know, um, you can't you can't get there. Also um, huge on the cabaret circuit in New York, fifty four yes. below, um, Joe's pub, always yep. doing, you know, Joe Iconis and Friends singing inappropriate musical theater songs that aren't really from a particular show yet. Um, but nope. definitely has made a name for himself in that kind of sphere. Yeah. And I think as well he um I don't think you can deny that he has a sound. Yes. I, um, well, it, I think his sound is contemporary musical theater done right. Like the contemporary musical mm. theater we joke about in contemporary musical theater song is the Joe Iconis so- sound. Like that's, I think, what it's parodying. Yeah, but in its in its good yeah in its good form. Yeah. Because um, I would I would put him up there as someone that I really enjoy his music, like someone like Ryan Scott Oliver. Yeah. Obviously, like with thirty five millimeter. Um, I just think he does different things he's not yes sitting down at his piano and turning out a song that was written four years ago by kerrigan and Loudermilk. right Do you know what i mean it's he not is... it's not always just a rock pop sound with <laughs> yeah. in the middle of it all yeah and i like to think as well i think he kind of uses the sounds appropriately Does yeah that sense? i mean what that, um, absolutely i think like i listen i've listened to be more chill a whole bunch now um yeah and a lot of the songs have the generic contemporary musical theater song spiel to them, but yep. plenty of like, 
you know, then all of a sudden we'll swing into a tango or a real reggae kind of feel. Um, yeah. Or like, you know, the the finale has this kind of like driving country bumpkin feel to it all. Um, yeah. And so he, and w- he breaks out of the form or the, the stereotype a bunch. He definitely does. And he does something that I have always been surprised has never happened more. And that he kind of writes like emo music. Yeah. What do you, okay, right? what do you what do you mean by that? I'm talking like light emo. Like okay. you're talking your Fallout <laughs> Boys, your Panic at the Discos, okay. your Green okay. Days. Yeah. Right? Because even it's weird, even American Idiot doesn't sound as emo as Joe Icon is as well. No, yeah. I I was I was one of, I'm talking about my brothers and sisters here. I'm not doing this in a disparaging way. Right. No. Like Yes, no Jimmy. one can deny that Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco are very good. Right, exactly. <laughs> I or, think a lot of people no one can deny, deny Jimmy's secret past as a former emo theater kid. The picks are out there. It's true. Just they are. saying. <laughs> um, but I, th- the first time I listened to this, I was totally struck by the fact that I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. this is," you know, I mean, this is going back to, um, like, you know, Sugar, we're going down, sw- like swing it, like, right, it's. It was just like, oh, I, I totally had that nostalgic flashback. Yeah. Um, and well, I was so impressed. And, and then I was kind of taken being like, wait, no one's no one's done this yet. Why? Exactly. Yeah, it is interesting because we certainly have had the rap and hip hop influx from Lin-Manuel Miranda into the musical theater sphere. Yeah. But we don't have this kind of, as you've said, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco yeah. kind of feel until really Joe Iconis. I would say so. Like, I genuinely, like I say, even American Idiot, yeah. obviously, those songs are written by Green Nate and that. But the way they've been adapted, sometimes they take that away. Yeah, they get, like, musical theaterized. Yeah, um, exactly. Whereas I feel like this has gone in the other way. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it's just, you know, it was attractive to us at the time. I mean, I'd, I'm speaking on behalf of you here. Right. But, like, it, it was attractive to me at the time because I was a teenager having all of these hormones mm-hmm. and the music was deeply hormonal i don't know what it is about it but it's just the way it was yeah well it's Um, it's he writes i mean he writes good music he happens to write musical theater but the music he writes is you know not not pop in genre but pop in ideal um yeah it is appealing it is hummable it is singable while not being dumb while not being simplistic um Uh you know it is i would say complex in ways that like Sondheim is complex, but without some of the like intellectualism that certainly, and, and I don't mean that in a demeaning way, but the, some of the like intellectualism that feels like a gatekeeper towards Sondheim mm-hmm. or maybe even like Rodgers and Hammerstein. Like or Adam Gattel. Yeah. Either yeah. T- uh-huh. um, so it's interesting you say that about the intellectualism because I actually do think this is a very, or it has lots of simple elements. Yes. To the point it makes it extremely accessible. Yes. The accessible was the word that was swirling in my brain too. Right. Um, and I think you could weigh up whether that's a good thing, whether it's a bad thing. I think it's a perfectly acceptable thing. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, uh, you know what I mean? There are, there are musicals out there that you'll listen to about 40 or 50 times. Mm-hmm. And you still won't really get it, but you'll know. Yeah, that's yeah. I like it. Whereas I think you just listen to this, yeah, once through, and you're like, oh, that was bloody great, right? I mean, it just has that nice, well, easy, and and it, and it sits in a great part where it is not the 
you know, coming off of something like Forum or the producers, mm-hmm. it is not so simplistic that you're like, oh, right, it's the surface. All I need to see is the surface. I don't need to think. I don't need to analyze. I don't need to dive in. Like, Joey Connors' yeah. work is not that. There is metaphor. There is symbolism. There is repeated imagery. There are themes that come back that mean things. Yeah. But it is not, you know... Uh, clutching to a copy of life just to keep in touch. Like, it's uh-huh. not so seeped in poetry that, like, it, it... I think that turns some audiences off because musical theater, and even just theater itself, can feel like a, a walled garden where... Yes. If you don't know the secret password to get in, well, I'll never understand it. And yeah, absolutely. And Joe Iconis' work is inviting. It says, you, you it, it won't is. be able to understand me. Exactly. And I think, uh, I'm sure at the end of this podcast, we'll weigh up how did it happen. Yeah. But I think that's one of the big, big reasons why it is as popular as it is, because it has attracted so many new musical theatre fans. Yeah. You know? 100%. Um, In the same way, some of its other contemporary shows, which we'll talk about, um, did as well. Yeah. It is just, it is a very welcoming Sure, and it's not even down. I wouldn't say just down to like the real hashtag relatable content. Right. Um. It is actually just down to the, the musical content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, and it is and it, it. I think what makes it so appealing for me is it's still Joe doesn't sacrifice the musical integrity for that relatability. Um, yeah. Like you listen to the orchestration for this show, and like yeah. it's filled with like theremins and like whatever yeah. the like you know glass water harp things that like make super horror movie style noises like the instrumentation for the show is tailor-made for the content in that way that i want musical theater to be but not so much so that you're like well i don't understand what i'm supposed to be feeling right now yeah exactly exactly um but what i will say and i'll I'll put this out to you discussion point Uh um so well, I say the music, I'm a hundred percent with you. Top notch. The lyrics, yeah. There are some moments, Thomas, a where minus. I would say, yes, yeah, maybe a B plus. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, I'm gonna hit you with some examples, and I would like you to tell me: um, uh-huh. Do you think this is necessary, or do you think we could have spent another twenty minutes and maybe come up with something else? Yeah. Um, the first one being, then, 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 then. Well, uh, so, and you, I know you've also listed here, na, 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 And yeah. I've, I've put in my uh, biggest pet peeve uh, from Pitiful Children, where, beep, 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 But I think. But what I will say to you about beep, 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 beep. Catchy as hell. Yeah. Well, and I think also, while we call these out mostly out of comedy, I think mm-hmm. these aren't the best examples of my least favorite lyrics. Um, yes, I would also agree. I like in, let's say, even Pitiful Children, like, what is it? Turn turn that knob and switch that gear, um, which is like a throwaway filler line in Pitiful Children, um, but is not right because there's a lot of, like, physical mechanical imagery that happens in pitiful children and that's not the kind of technology we're talking about it is not the the correct imagery the other one that bothers me i was talking with my boyfriend about this because we're big nintendo fans um but in um two-player game 
Um, this is <laughs> these are the things that I thought was going to bother me when I went to see Ready Player One, which I actually kind of enjoyed. Um, okay, but like video games done wrong, um, and it it's a it's a plot point in this that they're good at video games and that they're good at like zombie fighting video games. Yeah. Um, but Michael has a lyric about fighting Nintendo zombies and. The lyric was picked because Nintendo has the right number of syllables for that phrase, for uh-huh. sure. But there's no such thing as a Nintendo zombie. Um, oh no! Right? Like there's we and like we don't do that. In our... <laughs> I I know that as a video game nerd that like yeah. zombies. I know what an, they mean. Right. Right? I know what they mean. They mean Redeads in The Legends of Zelda. Right. Like that's but, what they mean. <laughs> but there's there is no quote-unquote nintendo game that is the like apocalypse of the damned the cafetorium zombie killer game that they're talking about not in the way that like we should understand the reference um and so like those those sorts of things and i'm glad they're they're few and far between but those are the sorts of things that would kill a like young audience appeal um piece like this you know yeah it's the because uh, it's is that kind of like grandpa being oh playing where your nintendos right. are yeah yeah exactly the uh yeah. animaniacs does a bit about this where it's like the nerd at the computer and he's like in episode number 65 you've noticed that like uh but uh, really there's never been this sort of thing where uh and they have three fingers but the and like the nerds yeah. are gonna call this sort of stuff out and animaniacs lampshades it and parodies it but it's true the nerds are going to notice these things and the kids are going to notice these things. And if it's not 100% accurate, you've killed your credibility immediately. Um, And I think a lot of those sorts of things we get close to in some of the like carelessness is the wrong word, but lack of attention in some of the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like, I don't know. I think there are just a few moments where it's like, just spend like, I feel like for then, 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 then like, don't repeat a word that doesn't mean anything. Right. And, like, maybe you're doing something super interesting with your staging in that particular moment. They're not. I've seen that. Right. So, like, then, <laughs> you know, justify it that Exactly. Like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, I especially so I, feel I that know. about na 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 because it comes back a whole bunch and is in the finale. Uh-huh. But, mm. so, right, I think I put na 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 there as a, like, discussion point because... Um, if we think about something like uh, Spring Awakening, mm-hmm. right? We have blah 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 blah. Right. Um, but here's the here's the ticker, right? Um, blah 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 means something, right? It has a purpose in the story, whereas na 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 is it's filler to get kinda... the chorus in. Yeah, and like, but then, and like the thing. This is where I'm torn because. Iconis does this in mm-hmm. other songs. Where well, if you think, the one I think about always is because I think they're actually quite similar. Is the goodbye song in Smash? Okay. I've never watched Smash. Have I told you this? Wait. What? That's all right. We'll. we'll I'm we'll... through with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy has put his headphones down. He has walked away. Wait, can we? T- can we do another podcast on Smash? Where I watch Weird. Smash and then we talk about it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think about Smash. I can't believe you never watched Smash. Maybe we'll do a summer special or something. Um, but so, like with 
like Joe Iconis does this thing where he has the chorus sing like backup um, off stage yeah. or otherwise. And so na 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 is born out of that desire. But in yeah. the other places, it is musically relevant. Whereas when na 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 happens, you could like just cut to the next lyric and no one would be any of the wiser. Yeah. So it's not, it almost, it's, it's not a lyric. Yeah. It's just like extra, extra, I don't know. Like, and that's kind of fine. And pulling teeth here, totes my goats. Um, but right. I do just think there are moments where it's like, uh, this could be, the thing is, it's like, it's like you say, musically, it's stellar. Yeah. Um, and I just think there are things that could push it to that kind of end level that, you know, you're not going to lose your audience. Right. But for us, or little you well, know intellectual folks who love a bit of trickery who love a little bit of wordplay every now yeah, and then you use that moment you have that moment don't waste it you know yeah. or cut you know, that moment I, like well that's it yeah just say like then and riff or something i don't know something like you don't need to say it 12 times yeah like it's i don't know it, it just it, it most i just want to mostly want to pick this up because of then i just think it's mildly inexcusable yeah um but you know that's fine it is fine because it's a great show. It really it is. is. It and is. This is. I think that's probably going to be one of the only negative things. Well, no, that's not true. I've got something else in my in my tank. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm actually quite intrigued to see what you think about this because. Yeah, I think. Curveballs. I mean, I would if we're talking broad strokes on the mm-hmm. terms of positive and negative things. Mm-hmm. I think "Be More Chill" is from a certain lens the best musical to happen in the 2010s. Wow. Yeah. Is that big, big statements? I mean, yeah, I fully disagree with that one. Right. But okay. That's not for this podcast. Wait, really? <laughs> I From a certain lens. If we're talking what lens about, is that? If we're talking about <laughs> musical theater as viability and commerciality and popularity from a artistically grounded standpoint, I think Be More Chill has it. Over something. So, like, what's yours? Great Comet? um uh no hamilton okay yeah like I, uh, just in terms of in terms of the categories that you put like because i know great comet isn't accessible right yeah i think I'm, I'm down with that i think be more chill i i think be more chill is more accessible than hamilton i mean i guess but the stats haven't and it's that. catchier than hamilton i would give you that but i i would say and it's more what, relatable than Hamilton. So here's this. Here's this. Yeah. What Hamilton does is it gives you, here's your lovely relatable content that does exist, yeah. right? But it's also like, here's your time to really delve in and learn something and kind of have that, like I just said before, about having that little right. intellectual itch there yeah. that allows people, because that was one of the things that was very new with Hamilton is people were like, pouring over it as right. if it was it's like here's a, the a, you know a yeah. discovered and text I, and i think mm, whereas I think, you can't do that with be more chill well but i think that's my controversial opinion about musical theater that is maybe a big antithesis to my whole life um or my discussion <laughs> of musical theater and my you know super hyper vigilance about it mm. as online commentary but i do think the best musical theater is not overtly intellectual uh-huh. And I think Hamilton is overtly intellectual. Uh-huh. You can't go to Hamilton and not be challenged to think, right? Yep. Um, 
And so, and and I think that's wonderful. Like, not clearly, Hamilton has the success, right? And clearly, yeah, 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 is doing yeah. wonderful. And I agree with all these things. But I <coughs> want musical theater that, on its surface, can be mm-hmm. relatively non-challenging, but then with analysis can become challenging and with very little analysis because that's the trick of theater. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about this with Fun Home, maybe? Did we talk about right. Fun Home? Um, we have talked about Fun Home. <laughs> about like tricking your audience into a controversial subject. Um, yes. We also talked about it in um, Scottsboro Boys. Yes. Um, and like, you know, reeling them in with that allure of like fun night at the theater. But then mm-hmm. like, haha, we got you and we made you think for a little bit. Um, whereas like mm-hmm. Hamilton from the beginning is like, boom, you know, we have a bunch of controversial bones to pick about all these sorts of things. Mm. Um, and I I think the most successful art is subversive in a way that Be More Chill is, in a way that mm-hmm. Hamilton isn't. I don't think Hamilton is subversive in that particular flavor. Agree to disagree. All right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's because we're about to talk about the themes. Yeah. So uh, we can discuss that more there. Shall we do that? Let's do that. Let's do that. Michael in the bathroom at a party. As I choke back the tears, I'll wait as long as I need till my face is dry. Or I'll just blame it on weed or something in my eye. I'm just Michael, who you don't know. Michael flying solo. Michael in the bathroom by himself. But I can't hear knocking anymore. Okay, we're doing that. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, let's just jump straight on that. Um, I, I don't know. I think Hamilton has. I don't want this to become a Hamilton podcast because right. we've definitely talked about that one enough. Um, but I don't know. I think Hamilton has that layer of. This is an interesting story about someone's life. It's kind of gossipy. Yeah. Um, you know, there's moments of there's a love story. Oh, there's tragedy. Yeah. Hamil- oh, it's the end. So I think it has a surface, and then yeah. you get into it, and then it's like, oh, this is a story about immigration. Oh, this is a story about infidelity. This right. is a story about relationships. I think and what puts the break in it for Hamilton for me is Hamilton yeah. still remains Brechtian, right? It is still observational. And certainly you sympathize and empathize with the characters, but I think mm-hmm. less so than something like Be More Chill. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely, I would say the characters in Be More Chill 20,000 times more relatable. Right. But um, that's the subversion but, for me. But what I would say with that is I think what Be More Chill gives you is one note. Yeah. I think Be More Chill gives you uh, we all go through anxiety the best way to get through it is to just start believing in yourself and you work through it. 
I think that's what it's got. I don't actually think it's got layers yeah, in that respect. I would say there's a layer about technology and the future and our reliance on technology. I would say there's a layer about the and maybe maybe this is my own perspectives becoming bigger in my mind than they are for the real world, but like yeah. the way it portrays high schoolers and contemporary high school challenges read yeah. very real to me. Yeah. Um in a way that isn't discussed in a lot of other media um, mm-hmm. as accurately, I think. Um, right. And I think talking about it, about a show about like overcoming anxiety, it, it is such a particular flavor of that that yeah. is so hyper-contemporary, difficult to talk about, but something that I feel is a huge commonality among adolescents today yeah. Like that, it speaks to its gigantic appeal. Um, exactly, and like doesn't conclude it in a great sort of way. Um, th- like that makes it more powerful to me than mm-hmm. a two and a half hour long metaphor about our founding fathers and how it applies yeah. to America today. Um, yeah, not that that I is would say, also yeah, okay, but I do see what you mean, and I can see definitely for for teens that is. A big reason why it's because it is that thing it's like oh my god you're speaking you know you're thinking exactly what i'm thinking and that is great for teens yeah maybe but maybe maybe the way to qualify it for me is like take the audience members who go see something like be more chill and the audience members who go see hamilton on aggregate right and stereotype or classify the changes in thought they might make in their life based upon seeing that piece Yep. I think more people will leave Be More Chill changed than people will leave Hamilton changed. Interesting. And that, to me, is powerful and mm. important and like part of why I do theater and art and why I think yeah. I gravitate towards this. Let me muse on that for a second. Um, I think, yes, would agree... But, um, again, the change would be surface level. I, so, Mm -hmm. real talk, you know, I mean, heck, we live in the 21st century. We've all got anxiety issues. Yeah. Um, As someone who has been deeply affected by that around this time, and I'm talking, I mean, what I mean is uh, high school time. Yeah. Yeah. you know, I could be one of these school kids. Yeah. Uh, I uh, found ways to cope, found ways to get through it. This musical doesn't give me anything new. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it just tells me something I already know. Yeah. Interesting. And I do, um, I do see so that. So what, yeah. what I think we're developing here, I think what we're kind of coming to is the fact that there is a huge demographic of people who this will speak to their soul. Right. And there are a huge demographic of people who can recognize that, mm-hmm. but they've gone through the change. Right. And they're, they're like, they've seen, ah, yes, I remember. It becomes a nostalgia piece almost. Almost, exactly. Uh, how awkward was high school? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's, it's that like, that show was lovely compared to that show changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, I do see that. And right? I do think, you know, I think the discussion is like, 
is be more chill, more revolutionary than every <laughs> other stereotypical John Hughes style discussion of adolescence that has ever existed and come before it. From uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Sixteen Candles, cool. thank you. Yes, um, yes, you know, Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club, yeah, cool, um, cool, you know. But then Mean Girls, which is decidedly imitating John Hughes' films, Glee, yep. Like this is this is a trope. This is a huge trope. This is a big old trope that continues to exist. And my, I like if I'm wagering, if I'm putting all my cards down, I mm. think Be More Chill, both the novel. Um, and then the musical put a unique and interesting spin, regardless of the sci-fi tropes that kind yeah. of seep through it, on that high school story that I haven't yep. that I haven't seen before, that I haven't tasted before, that encapsulates the like mid two thousands to twenty eighteen kind of you know post millennial teenager. So um, I think. One of the things that makes Be More Chill good in that mm. respect is because it has this sci-fi element. Right. Um, what that does is it does kind of take you out of it. Right. Um, and so I'm going to pull up Dear Evan Hansen here and dangle it beside. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. And I know you've got something in your tongue and we will talk about it in a sec. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to dangle it beside. Um, so obviously, you know, the two of them are talking about very very similar little things oh yes um talk about the dangers of parallel creation yeah um so what i would say that be more chill does that i don't think dervin hansen does as successfully um is it doesn't romanticize the anxiety it doesn't romanticize these deep dark feelings to a point where it's like they seem glorious they seem unreachable yes um what be more chill does is it makes them, it normalizes them. Yes. I, this is a thing I said to my boyfriend yesterday, and he said, you can't say that on the podcast. People will hate you. Um, right. So I'm going to say it right now. I <laughs> think Be More Chill is the musical that Dear Evan Hansen wants to be. I I, I genuinely agree. Um, yeah. And, and I, I to be honest, though, right? Yeah. I don't think it will take long. Yeah. Before other people start thinking that too. Yeah. And and I think it is partially to do with the sci-fi element because it's like mm-hmm. a it's a misdirection. It's like, look over here, look over here. Oh, robots. Ooh, computers, yeah. you know. But like the core of discussion of teenagers in this is so real. Um yep. which I know that always makes me sound like a hashtag adult when I start talking about <laughs> I know, these things. I know. And I like I have these discussions with the kids that I'm responsible for and I see their faces glaze over and I don't know a way to articulate like, but I do understand. I know. And like, I, know. I actually do not in the way that adults think they do. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. then also that I realize that that may just be, I don't understand. E- and, exactly. Exactly. And, That's right. probably it. But, exactly. You know, we'll say it anyway. Right. Um, but like, and I know a lot of the de- depictions of high school in this are glorified or romanticized in the same way they are in high school musical in high school mm-hmm. john hughes style movies these mm-hmm. sorts of things like there aren't and in high school musical by the way <laughs> <laughs> right but like point. there aren't you know wicked raging benders every weekend in high school mm-hmm. but they happen you know yeah and they kid- happen on halloween yeah it's not just oh it's saturday night guys and kids are met with these 
terribly awkward, impossible to deal with social situations that they are so poorly equipped to deal with, not because of any fault of their own, but just because of where they are in life and what they've experienced and because of how difficult they are, because of how actually difficult they are, which is a thing that Be More Chill understands and depicts and as you said doesn't you know terribly glorify or romanticize you know like my big problem with dear evan hansen is making evan hansen the hero like he's a shithead um he's such a dick in a way that i don't (laughs) think humans would be as fully and completely in real life um where dear no not at all where be more chill gets closer and because it gets to hide under some of the satire of like the smartphone hour and the Uh sci-fi-ness of it all and some of these jokes i would even just keep like nailing this point and say michael in the bathroom like michael in the bathroom the first time i listened to it without really listening to it i thought oh cool comedy staple right i mean tenor new tenor comedy staple fab and then you listen to it like oh actually oh it's actually talking about something yeah um but it's not being like I am really struggling here. Yeah. You know, the dark thoughts that are in my head. All, you know, I mean, it's not Libra Point. It's just saying, I'm having a shit time. Yeah. And it has no conclusion. It's not, not yeah. even that it doesn't have a positive conclusion. It doesn't yeah. have a conclusion. It's just there. This is a stolen comment from one of the documentaries about the cast album. Um, mm. But one of the cast members says, Joe Iconis writes songs about moments that you think would never deserve a song. Yeah. Um, and that's Michael in the bathroom. Absolutely. It's... Absolutely. Um, and it's, I think that it's those little things that really, that make it a very sh- a strong piece. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know, I kind of get, the first time I listened to Dear Evan Hansen, obviously it'd been hyped to hell. Yeah. Um, but I kind of went into it and I was like, it just makes me feel a bit nauseous mm-hmm. more than anything else, you know, because it's it's really talking about these big things. We talked about it. Was it in Heather's? I guess. Yeah. Um, we talked about thirteen reasons why. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Another extremely problematic right television show that I still don't yeah. think should be on the well, air. There, um, there is this flavor of teenager that exists right now. Um, yeah. That adults are really, really struggling to deal with. Adults who deal with yeah. teenagers. Um, that is this like hyper anxiety socially connected um uh introvert yeah introvert but still you know has a more social connections than any 14 year old has any good reason to have exactly um, you know is so stressed about a bazillion social contracts they have that are yeah. constantly morphing and changing um yep. that, that like we all that we all know on the outside Right. Don't mean diddly squat, but they'll never see that. Yeah. Well, the one of our school counselors has said on multiple times, like, um, about teenagers, puppy love is still true love to a puppy. Um, and oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that Get great? That on a crochet pillow. Oh, right. This second. It's such a wonderful sentiment that, like, yep. when you're in high school, that's all you know. Not, exactly. not to minimize it, but to expand upon it. Like, yeah. this is your whole world, and so it's important, and it's all you have. And so Absolutely. these intersocial relationships. And the thing that – this is, I think, where the sci-fi-ness of Be More Chill expands it into people who aren't quite in the circle anymore is mm-hmm. Be More Chill makes these teenage social contracts 
as real and important and gigantic to the rest of the world. Like, yeah. you know, I know I endangered the entire school and probably half of humanity by what I was yeah. doing. And like, even if you're not in high school anymore, suddenly Jeremy's actions and how the squip is influencing him start to have these real world effects in yeah. a way that they feel like they should for Joe Average high schooler. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's it. I think that is where the kind of, you know, the adults watching this show, um, would get the in- in- inkling because mm-hmm. i mean I-, I don't i don't know what it was like to go to parties in the 80s or the 70s um like maybe adults were you know adults adults now <laughs> then when right. they were young uh were locking themselves in the bathroom feeling really, really anxious yeah i just feel like it i know i understand anxiety has always been there but i feel like it's because it's a hot topic and it's somehow yeah kind of worked its way you know, like the squip, weirdly enough, into the minds of all of these children. Yeah. Um, that it has become its own thing. And I think um, songs like Michael in the Bathroom yeah. just really help show that, look, it's, you know, they're not trying to say the, the world is ending. They're yeah. just trying to say, I'm having a really tough yeah. time. My, my world is ending. Yeah. 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 It, it's just... Th- there's a hyper youthful voice to it. The, the one... Yeah. The lines that stick out to me, and they happen in a couple different songs, um, but there's a surprising amount of depression and contemplation of suicide in this show, not uh-huh. in a deep, uh, like, worrisome way, right? Yeah, you exactly. Know? Um, Christine jokes about it in play rehearsal. Like, I'm depressed, yeah. not like, kill yourself depressed. No, I'm not until self-harm. Here, yeah. see, check my arm. Um, Michael jokes about it in Michael in the bathroom, like something, something, or just off myself instead. And that's like, that's the way I hear teenagers talk. And as an adult who's responsible for their well-being, it's very Uh off-putting because I'm like, you're not just going to go home and kill yourself, are you? And like, they're not and they don't, but I'm worried about it. But it's just Mm -hmm. their vernacular because of how important these things are to them mm-hmm. now i'm good i've just this has just popped into my head yeah what do you think about things like 13 reasons why dear Evan hansen mm-hmm. popping these things into the their heads yeah i think because... it's a, a huge mixed bag um yeah the watching like um the i was between schools at the time um, mm. But I have a bunch of teacher friends when who were teaching when 13 Reasons was coming out, super popular yep. and premiering. Um, and there were schools across America that had like full-fledged suicide watch assemblies because yep. of how popular those things were. Yep. Um, you know, I think Dear Evan Hansen puts a different kind of spin on it. Uh-huh. Um, and there is like there are all sorts of school action plans and thing and uh, procedures put in place about things like adolescent suicide um, yeah. because they can prop, they can be self-propagating. Um, mm-hmm. And so you have to be as a responsible adult, super delicate, how mm-hmm. you approach these things and how Absolutely. you talk about these things. Um, and so then to see media, you know, there's two, there's two perspectives, either going into it with reckless abandon or talking about it in a serious forward thinking, Frank kind of way. Yeah. Um, and I think Be More Chill finds that balance where, I think like, so. it's it's real, it's you know, but is still d- just distant enough that you're not totally threatened by it. 
yeah. that it leaves you with the positive outcomes as opposed to the negative outcomes. Um, yeah. But I do, you know, kids calling them kids seems so demeaning and i never yeah i hate i hate i never mean it that way but there's no good you know adolescents youth teenagers folk folk younger than us (laughs) the the growing people that i work with every day yeah um, beautiful are so ridiculously complex and so much smarter than i'll ever be um Mm -hmm. in their own collective knowledge and like they're a teenager's bullshit detectors are so acute and oh, yeah. so fully attuned. And so these things that enter their life, like Dear Evan Hansen, like 13 Reasons Why, like Be More Chill, um, have to be so perfectly tuned to not set off those bullshit detectors, to not yeah. like totally exit their life. Um, and that, I think, speaks to how real they must feel. Whether they're actually real, whether it's an actual real representation of what teenage life is like, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter as much because it is their perception of what life is like. And at the end of the day, all that matters is how important this stuff feels to them, you know? Yeah, Um, absolutely. So, long story short, it's why I do think this is more impactful than Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. And more, I think more impactful than Dear and Hanson. Oh, hands down. Give you that. Um, it's, it's interesting. I think the, the, the thing I struggle with with that question that you're giving me is that um, it, it, to, to a certain audience, I would completely agree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To this youthful audience. Yeah. I do well, completely agree, which is a big part. Um, but I think I think there are a lot of adults who would be ignorant to it. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of adults who are going to poo-poo it. Yeah. But I think that's part of that. The without knowing it, you're arguing my point. Um, Yeah. Because I think having impact with a youthful audience weighs heavier than having impact with an adult audience. I totally agree with you. I totally because, you know, I believe that children are the future. Whether Um, whether we like it or not, they're going to grow up. And they're, exactly, they're going to live longer. Yeah, to me, their opinion counts more. Yeah, it's that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I guess I just took it as a straight question rather than thinking, right. "What do you mean by this?" But yeah, I do see. I do see your point. I'd like to think on it before making bold statements as such. <laughs> uh, what? Why would you do that? I know, um, but I do. T- I do take your point, and I would say for that demographic, I, I would completely agree. Yeah, yeah. there's been like, nothing like it. I I think you know, in a practical sense, especially with the momentum it's gaining and the upcoming off-Broadway production. Yep. Dear Evan Hansen is going to be a force. Ah, be More Chill is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, Absolutely. In the coming months to years. Yeah. Um, segue of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about that rise to power. Let's do it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's from Japan. 
It's a gray, oblong pill. Quantum nanotechnology CPU. The quantum computer in the pill will travel through your blood until it implants in your brain and it tells you what to do. So, it's like drugs? <laughs> it's better than drugs, Jeremy. It's from Japan! It's a gray, a long pill, quantum nanotechnology CPU. The quantum computer in the pill will travel through your blood until it implants in your brain and it tells you what to do. It tells you what to do. It's pre-programmed. It's amazing. It speaks to you directly. You behave as it's amazing. It helps you act correctly. Helps you to be cool. It helps you. Picture this. There's eight, nobody can, like the. I feel like, I feel like the the Broadway press is just kind of like, what? Yeah, <laughs> because everyone's just realized that this is this musical is huge. Yeah, and uh, they're like, oh wait, hang on, wait, be more. Ch- um, yeah, yes, and millennials. There's, there's dozen, uh, dozens of internet people who are like, how did you miss this? How exactly. did you not see this coming? Uh, so my question to you, I think we've discovered this around the same time. I remember speaking about it. Yeah. And I think it was shortly after the cast recording got released. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely think so. I'm trying to think Like back. 2016. Yeah. I made it a show the week a, a while back, but it was after I'd heard about it for a while. Um, yeah. But it, you know, it it definitely entered my lexicon after it had closed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I heard about it. Um, there's a, a musical theater radio station in the UK. Yeah. Who had Joe Iconis on. Mm-hmm. Um. And he was just chatting about it. And I think he was selling it. So I guess that would have been... Or maybe he was just selling the cash recording. Yeah. But there was a promo element to it. So maybe the cash recording was just coming out. Right. Um, And that was the first time I heard it. I was like, oh, that sounds like Fuller Boy. I'm intrigued. And yeah. I listened to it and I was like, oh, wait, this is good. Um, So I feel like, you know, hey, we were there at the start. <laughs> yeah, that. sure. We can say that without yeah, sounding too much like posers. Um... Yeah. Oh, we are. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not deny that. Um. But just in the sense that I've been listening to this musical for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know, because it does keep coming back. Yeah, it does. It keeps popping up. It keeps showing up again. You know, it's yeah. it's damn catchy. It really, really is. And so I'm not here to say, oh, we discovered it. You know, no. we're why, why, why are you being so slow? No. You know, I'm not saying that because everyone has to discover well, it but, one time. But that's the question. Who did, right? Um, I know. How did, how did never, this happen? Yeah. I never expected it to happen. Yeah. No, I didn't because it to me it was Heather's. To me, that was Heather's. Yeah, Heather's did that, and it was like, oh, okay, that's really funny. That's right. really free. But Heather's has a pop culture following, is a movie, and exactly like a way in. But yep. be more chill. You know, it is. It is not even um, Ned Vizzini's most popular book. Like, yeah, I don't have a clue who Ned Vizzini is. I don't yeah. think he's ever touched over here. And no, yet, he's you got know, um, kind of a funny story. He is a book he wrote that was adapted into a movie. He his story is very tragic. He committed suicide in I did know that the two thousands. But so like, it the who who how did this happen? You yeah. know, because we're in this world. We watch this world of 
internet musical theater culture. And this one just kind of like... It's like, it's like you all take of your eye off top of it for two seconds. Right. And then and suddenly everyone's there's making animatics of Michael animatics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's it. Like when we, ta- when we talked about Heather's, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It was like, I, I don't know, like half a year ago, something like that. Um, it still wasn't no, on it, the radar. It you had know? already kind of like outsailed its popularity. Um, yeah. It was like, Be More Chill is going off Broadway and the world is dying about it. Like it's so The excited. world is Ha- like blessed i've never seen the word blessed used more yeah than the youtube comments of anything to do with me more chill yeah um like people really, are really interesting. so excited for an for the ability to see this show performed you know yep. regardless of half the original cast and uh what's his face from dear van hansen um yep. but like the, and especially if this gets a broadway transfer <sighs> i can't think of another show whose amateur theatrical rights were released before the before. possibility of a Broadway transfer was even like a, a twinkle in someone's eye, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Or for a show to enter the Billboard charts yeah. before it got, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, never. Yeah. Never. Maybe Heather's, I don't know. But never. Yeah. Like, um, a crazy it's, timeline. It's absolutely bonkers. Um, and the thing is, is I don't think we'll be able to find an answer because no one can explain why things go viral. Right. You know, sometimes there are aggregates and yeah. sometimes there but, are these. But I do think that's the thing, is this show went viral. Viral. A and, show. A right. musical theatre. A show went viral. In, um, in, in, but, a, in a day and age where, like, that's possible. Where, like, yeah. things can do that. But the, so the thing is, is we can compare it to something like Hamilton. Hamilton also went viral, right. absolutely. But what Hamilton had was a producing team behind it, and Lin Manuel Miranda behind it, yeah. and you know, and marketing teams, of... and Ham for exactly. Ham, and a weekly yeah. YouTube show, and uh, all these it was things. A stunning campaign. Talk show this appearances. Had nothing. Nothing. This had literally nothing. It, this... and it appeared. Yeah. This is. I mean, I find it so heartening. You know. The the theme of this year's podcast has been how sad we are about the current Broadway season. Um, yeah. This gives me such unending hope for Absolutely. things like this. That's something, you know, in the same way that Dear Evan Hansen kind of co-opted, but like yeah. a grassroots fan base entirely, uh-huh. you know, with a foundation in pure artistry and relatability that has nothing to do with a marketing team that has nothing to do with popularity or a franchise that it's related to, but it's just good and people like it. And so it does well. Exactly. Um, So why do people like it? I guess we've talked about that a little bit already. Yeah. Um, But I think one of the things uh, that, is the most appealing to it and to this, you know, millennial generation. I hate that word, yeah. but it doesn't matter. They're actually, um, I went to a talk recently. Kids younger yeah. than us aren't millennials anymore. The new phrase. Are they Generation X? No, Generation X is before us. Are we Generation X? We are millennials. Generation We X, are millennials. Generation okay. X grew up watching X-Files. That's a good way to... Oh. Does that help? Wait, am I not Generation X then? Well, think like adolescence in the 90s not not pubes not like being a young kid in the 90s but like being a teenager in the 90s that's gen uh okay yeah okay yeah um but the new term they're using for um basically kids who have been born since the iphone existed um, uh uh-huh. are iGen 
which I, I Jen, I, I, like. I did. I looked this up, and the next one is going to be called like Generation Alpha or something like that. Oh, I don't know. I think that's too I early. I think that's to what the next. But... I've already called it. Okay, the next generation you are a generation generationalist. Um, yeah, but like the the kids I teach are part of iGen now, are not cool. millennials. Okay, great. So these lovely iGen team, um, you know, are very aware and very um, astute about important topics. Yeah. Um, and in fact, they talk about it in Be More Chill very very subtly. It was in I Love Play rehearsal of all uh-huh. the songs. Um, and uh, Christine says, uh, I've got mad gigantic feelings, red and frantic feelings about most everything, like gun control, um, like spring. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. But it's that thing. It's like very, very young children are very, very aware of big right. issues. Yeah. Well, at, at an age. And the commentary um, that a, a kid that age might have similarly passionate feelings about gun control and the perennial season of spring. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um so I think one of the things that obviously makes this very appealing is it comes from an extremely liberal standpoint. Yeah. Um, and a very, very, it is a, a very left-wing show. Um, and that's something actually that the more you delve into it, the more you uncover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to come at it from an LGBT standpoint okay. right at the start. Yeah. Um, because, so the first time I listened to it, I got pissed off mm-hmm. because I was like, come on, like, it's uh, 2015, right. why are there no gays? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Give me, give me something. Yeah. Um, and then I read about it and I, it turns out, oh, actually, one of the characters is bisexual. Right. And comes out over the course of the show. Exactly. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, and then um, I start looking into Tumblr and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this much. Um, like slash fan fiction. Yeah. Since well, even even the before States. the slash fan fiction, can I tell you in um more than survive? Like, I, huh, this is a struggle for me. Um, I love gay jokes. Uh huh. I really, as as a very gay man myself, yeah. I really enjoy a particular brand of joke where like. You say like, man, that's so fucking gay. Or uh-huh. like in the right context, yes. making the perfect joke to say like, man, that's you're such a faggot. Um, which like I struggle to say out loud out of context right now because Absolutely. I know yeah, yeah, yeah. how demeaning those words are. And I know yeah. the like cultural and social history they have. But I think there is something powerful and honestly funny about the particular usage of them, but there's a bazillion caveats attached to it. Uh Uh-huh. And the gay jokes that this show makes fall into that category perfectly for me. Yeah. Um, About signing up for the play, you know, signing up for being called gay, um, and then he signs up for the play and is like, gay, ha, I like (laughs) gay people. Um, Exactly. It's it's so funny. Um, It's just so silly. It is so silly because, and as well, like it is a it's a total thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's a total thing. We've gone through that when we all came out in yeah. high school. It was very much like, oh my god, I love gays. Yeah. Yes, it's so real. It's so re- and like it does the it comes a lot out of the book, which was maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the book later. But mm. the book was 
literally decades ahead of its time. It came out in mm-hmm. 2004, um, right? which is crazy for how much technology is in it. They reference, um, there's a bunch of jokes about remembering phone numbers in it. And once you have a squip, you don't have to remember anyone's phone number anymore. Wow. Um, oh, which like, that's not like, we don't have to remember anyone's phone number anyway. Tell you a single one. Um, um, or like yeah. uh, at one point, Jeremy describes the squip as like having a PDA inside your brain. Um, oh, <laughs> which is really funny. That's um, so funny. Right. But because I, I haven't heard that word in so long. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but there's also there's a huge subplot in the book about um, Jeremy stealing his aunt's beanie babies to sell them on eBay to make the yeah. money to buy the squip. Yeah. Um, which doesn't make it into the musical at all. But his dad catches him looking at beanie babies on eBay. Um, right like accidentally and so then he has to keep up this whole ruse about looking at beanie babies on ebay because it's a thing he's interested in um right. but, but his dad is like son are you gay you could tell us if you were gay but are you gay and he's like i'm not i'm not gay i'm not gay but i keep looking at beanie babies on the internet so i understand why my father might think that um yeah. And, like, I find that so funny, and I understand how some people might find that offensive, but I think it's, I don't find it offensive, you know? No, it's not. It's the lightest of, you know what I mean? Right. Humors is great. I've got 12 Beanie Babies sitting in my bedroom right now. Right? It's it's Admission. It's normalizing. It's, (laughs) you know, we can joke about this the same way we can joke about other things that, you know, are less impactful for our life. Totally. Um... So, yeah, so further delving into it in the slash fiction and all of that, um, I was like, okay, let's think about Michael here. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people, you know, the, the biggest, like, the stands are always... Of I think course. they have names, actually. So they're called the um, the Boyfriends, because that's what happens. Because that's what the, happens to their backpack. Yeah. That's a good one. And I can't remember what the... There's a Michael... Uh, I think it's Michael Jake. It might be Michael Rich. Um, one of them <laughs> is called like expensive headphones. Oh my god! And I'm sure that's a deep reference. I just don't. I don't get it. I haven't found it yet. Well, but Michael, Michael has expensive headphones. But I, right, man, the yeah. internet is infinitely fractal. I um, know. So, um, this is how deep I've gone with this in terms of my research. But um, a lot of uh the fans of this show, um, emailed uh. The book writer, mm-hmm. um, Joe... Joe Trace. Joe Trace. Um, and he has been really good, actually, because he seems to reply to all of them and then people will screenshot it and, and upload it to Tumblr. Of course. Um, and uh, it's really insightful because you do find out quite a lot about the process. And obviously people are fascinated because they need to know right. if their headcanon of Michael and whoever right. uh, is true. And so... What um, Joe Trace said was that initially, in the first draft of the script, Michael would talk about girls. Yeah, well, and that's um, that's from the book. In the in the book, he has a girl. He's got a girlfriend, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then as it went on, they decided just to take that out, and he's like, "That can tell you as much as you need to know." Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of love that. I love that because it's. It does, and it allows you. You know, he's got an LGBT flag on his jacket, right? These Which, little things, yeah. And they don't talk about it, and there isn't ever a moment of, you know, hey, I'm explicitly gay. Let's talk about this for ten minutes, yeah. Um, or I'm explicitly bi, or whatever, yeah. He's just kind of. 
himself and he's yeah. got a really good friend who is of the same gender like it's it's normalizing to a place that I I feel like I haven't really seen yeah like beyond in a long time in musical theater whether we're talking LGBT or just like the normalization of not hyper masculinity you know yeah. we can hang out in our basement and play video games and make is it really true I'm your favorite person kind of jokes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have it be gay or not exactly um, and have it not be a big deal absolutely and that's do you know what that is the kind of thing if i was young and seeing that i'd be like oh that's quite cool it's, isn't it it's so empowering uh, yeah and i guess um, there's a part of me that would like there to be a moment of something in yeah. there but nah, also nah. the thing but the thing is is like if there was they'd need to talk about it right no and that'd be no good. and the second I, you talk about it it's ruined there's there's a there's a I've been trying to find the the words around this. Um, I think in contemporary um, fiction writing, whatever it is, whether it's musical theater or a book or a TV show, um, there's a particular threshold you pass in like universe creation Mm -hmm. that then pushes you down a hill of self-propagation that results yeah, yeah. in slash slash fiction and fan fiction and all these things that like you know harry potter did and lord of the rings did and star trek did where yeah. like this world is cohesive enough and has enough information but doesn't tell you all of the information so it's not self-contained uh-huh. to a point where you can start inventing plausible existences that yeah. fit inside this universe yeah. that I think is a thing that fiction writers should strive for that makes for Absolutely. good, you know, engaging fiction. And I think that yeah. Be More Chill, whether the book or the musical, has done. Yeah. Like, you can yeah. imagine this whole world outside of the things that are given to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tommy, without that, we would never have Fifty Shades of Grey. So, God. We or, are blessed. Or Twilight, you know this story, that Twilight started as a piece of Fifty Shades of Grey fan fiction. Yeah, so I mean. <sighs> no, wasn't it vice versa? No, it's vice versa. Fifty Shades of Grey started as a fan fiction of Twilight. I don't even know anymore. Is that true? That is, that, that is what it is, yeah, yeah. Because it came after. Oh, I That's hate... That's why I said Fifty Shades of Grey. I hate that I made the assumption the other way now in my mind. I need to wash my mouth out with soap. That's is that creepy. okay if I do that really <laughs> yeah. fast? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Oh my god, can I tell you a fun fact? Sure. So once I swore in front of my parents, I was quite young, uh-huh. um, and my dad said, "Do you want to wash your mouth out with with soap?" And I said, "Okay," and I went and did it. <laughs> you know, but right, so as good as the LGBT side of things is, yes, applause. Yes. yes. Um, one of the things that I'm kind of surprised by. But I guess you can't change it because it's based on a book. Mm. Is the character of Christine? What do you mean? I, she's kind of like bland as hell. Yeah, it's interesting. So, honest question, and you can cut this if you want. But have you read mm. the book? No, 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 no. So I read the book. I read the mm-hmm. book like last week. Um, and if you're Planning on reading the book, you absolutely should because it is interesting. I think compare it like the book is better than the movie or whatever are Mm -hmm. stupid because they're different media. The book certainly has a different bent than the musical. Also, it came out in 2004, which I think... It has a very different ending as well, doesn't it? Yes. Um, So the time it came out in puts it in just a very different 
world. Like, yeah. it was definitely a, like, foreboding parable about the perils of technology, which yeah, I think okay. in 2004 would have been met more with, like, ha, ha, what do you mean you could have instant access to any kind of data that happened in the world? Yeah. Um, like, there's laughs about that in the book where nowadays the internet exists like this book Uh came out before the internet was really a commonality Um, before it was the thing in your pocket yeah yeah, exactly long before you know you have to have a phone call at your home um yeah but like there's talks about the fact that um in the book jeremy finds out from his squip super early that rich set a fire and he burnt down the house but no one else knows because they all have to call each other that morning yeah this is what turned into smartphone hour but like it's all landline sort of stuff um and like where jeremy's mom who's in the book um picks up and jeremy's like mom hang up we need to talk about a thing right Uh which is just not a contemporary problem that people have i see um but so spoilers the book is divided into three sections there's Uh before squip after squip and then i think it's called conclusion um right the big changes in the book the squip is not an antagonist it is a very like third party helper um which makes the moral very different it's like technology exists and you use it or you abuse it but that's your choice totally Um, yeah there's no, like, the squip decides to squip the whole class. There's no Midsummer and Zombies. Um, yeah. The squip... It doesn't have its own agenda. Exactly. The squip yeah. decides that the way to get Christine is for Jeremy to stop their traditional production of Midsummer Night's Dream and have, like, a really heartfelt speech to the audience about how, you know, a bunch of kids got hurt in this fire, but we really need to come together, and I just need to say that I love you, Christine. That's the yeah. choice that the squip has made, and it goes horribly, horribly wrong. And Christine runs off the stage, and the squip deactivates itself temporarily in yeah. Jeremy's brain. And, like, Jeremy is totally distraught, and the squip comes back and is like, man, I must be defective. You know, you got to wait for squip 3.0 because I'm squip 2.0, and I hear yeah. they've made some improvements. What do I do? And... um Michael shows up and he's like, I have some Red Mountain Dew. And the squip is like, yes, yes, you can deactivate me with that. And I should go away because clearly I can't help you. But then the squip is like, wait, what if what if we just told Christine everything? What if we just told her all that led up to this? This might be our only hope. Um, And they're like, well, how could we do this? And the squip is like, well, if you have a DVD burner, I (laughs) I might be able to access the DVD burner to burn myself a DVD. And um, Jeremy's like, no, what about a book? What if we made it a book? And the squib is like, sure. And I could censor some things and I could, you know, reduce the amount of time you spend masturbating by 50%. um, And we could type it all up in a book and then give it to her. And then the third section is like one page. And it says, so Christine, that's how it happened. Thank you for reading. Enjoy. Um, And so there's a whole hugely different kind of meta story around the whole thing and no happy ending where they end up with each other. Yeah. But it isn't. They're different stories. They are very different stories, which is I find quite interesting because all all I feel like that Joe Iconis has done is just kind of taken the Faustian tale. Yeah. And ran with it. Yeah. And, applied, and it totally works. It's great. It's, it totally works. Um, but yeah, so the character of Christine. So obviously, um, the first time we hear about her is in um, the opening, which is called... Uh, More Than Survive. More Than Survive. 
Um, and it's like, oh, I'm in love with this girl called Christine. She's great. Um, in, ve- in a very, you know, weirdly tangential Heather's thing where everyone's like, Heather, Heather. Yeah. And this time it's Christine. Yeah. You know, but that's fine. Um, and has this kind of like glowy vibe. And then we hear from Christine and she sings about how much she loves uh, the theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, and how she uses kind of theater as like a piece of escapism um and then we kind of don't hear from her again until uh uh she comes back and she sings about another guy that she fancies right and then we don't really hear from her again until uh the end where she's like yeah i fancy you know right let's get together yeah um and to me <laughs> It's very that is archaic. Yeah. They do That's archaic. They do have a brief meeting during the Halloween party that is kind of heartwarming. Um that's just dialogue. Yeah, but does it does it give her It gives her a little bit more of a character, but she is pretty She is there to be the love interest. She's pretty one dimensional. Which is yeah. unfortunate because in the book the whole point is that she's not one dimensional. Yeah, exactly. She kinda of sticks up for herself. So this is the thing, is like I just feel, um, it, for a show that's so liberal and for a show that's so hashtag woke, do yeah. you know what I mean? To, to say that. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's missed a big old trick. Yeah. Because in the same way, the thing is, is like, so if you look at kind of all of the females in this. They're all pretty um, one dimensional. They are. And they all just seem to want to have sex with Jeremy. Yeah. There's no one who's like, you don't even get the... Um, Janice Ian that you have in Mean Girls. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, I can't be arsed in that shit. I believe in my own stuff. Yeah. Um, it's very, very male focused. Yeah, it really um, is. And, and and like, I get their names confused, which also doesn't speak well. Yeah, exactly. What well, between like, uh, uh, Brooke Chloe and, and Chloe Brooke and, and uh, Madeline's in there somewhere as well. Yeah. And, yeah. And like, I think there's something to be, they certainly have different personalities and they do in the book as well about like, yeah. You know, who's more gossipy and who, you know, um, is more jealous and who is more the popular girl. But it does it does fall into the female characters written by male authors kind of trap. It, it really, really does. Super sad. It, yeah, it's just, it is. It's just, I feel like it's like, ah, wow. You didn't even have one number of, because right. I feel like, you know, you could argue that play rehearsal is that number because yeah. that's a lovely thing to talk about how, you know, oh, I have that. But it's, um, I don't you, know, I just feel you put, it's not... You, uh, as pure character songs, you put play rehearsal up next to Michael in the Bathroom. Yeah. As, like, intense character songs. And Michael in the Bathroom is deep and honest and filled with, like, real human emotions. And, like, play rehearsal, like, ha ha ha, I'm a stereotype. Ha 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 Like, kind of, do you know what I mean? And it is, it's that... And it's like, oh, that's nice. She's talking about something she loves. You know, there she's not talking about, oh, I just want to find a lovely boy or something like that. You know, right. that's that's really nice. But it's they don't go anywhere with that. She's yeah. kind of like, here I am. I like theatre. Yeah. And these are all the men that I love. You know, it's 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 a it's a pity. I find yeah. it quite a pity. It really is. It's a it's a missed beat in this show. Mm. Um. Um. And and it's, but that's the thing. It's it's a missed beat in a show that is so on the money right with so many things um even just have a moment where um 
I guess they kind of have that moment at the end. Okay, let me just find the lyric again. Yeah, and there um, there is talk about like you know because she does kind of say I have issues too. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Oh no, but no, actually, no. I take it back. Um, because obviously she's like, oh, I've got the voices in my head, and we've made up our collective minds. Uh, that we want to go out with you, right? Do you know what I mean? For no particular that's, reason. He I think that's really. Good I actually answer. think that's quite. I think that's quite grim. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That like all of my all of my doubts and things tell me that I should be with you, right, Jeremy? Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, where I wish <laughs> they stuck a little more to the original book. Like even just leave it ambiguous and let us set up the happy ending in our mind. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but they because the thing is in in the sort of a dear of a handsome way as well to, to make and I'm not convinced yeah. it's so much better. Um, but uh, he does do a lot of bad. Yes, he saves everyone. Right, that is good. But with the help of Michael, yeah, in a and, big big way. In, in fact, many ways, Michael is the one who really saves everyone. Yeah, basically. Um, and so it's it, it, does he deserve to get all of his happiness? And Michael's there standing beside him, being like, "I'm right. a good psychic." Yeah. Um, you know, tricky. I just think, and I what the thing is, um, what I wonder about all of this mm-hmm. is, will they will they make changes? I don't know for off Broadway. It's it's a huge question I've had, especially since it's like published now. Um, exactly. You know, and it has been. I've been going. I've been trolling back through like um, some earlier footage and things of this that exists, and there is yeah. like. Joe Iconis did a TED talk about this show at one point. Um, yes, where they I sing some one, yeah. early drafts of songs that are like not terribly different, but they're like they cut a um, an autistic joke. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's a couple tiny changes like that, and so I know they're they're ready to make changes, or they're. Yeah. It is certainly a production team that like is willing to make changes. They're not just going to yeah. keep it the way it is because that's how it is. Uh-huh. But, but it, what I, it's I so entrenched. What I wonder is like. I've not, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a pioneer, but I've not seen anyone talk about this. No. I've never seen anyone talk about this. I've seen a lot of people obsess over the guys. Yeah. I've not seen like, oh, here's some lovely Christine fan art. No, like, it doesn't, it doesn't have good female representation in the way that something like Heather's does. Exactly. Um, and Mean Girls, to give it as yeah, plaudits. Yeah, that's true. You know? Um, I've still not heard all from Mean Girls yet, but as the songs are rolling out, I'm like, oh, that's that's a nice message. It's like you've you've you know? got power, you've got choice. Yeah, you know, you're not, um, you're not just a sex object. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I don't know. It's tricky because in our, you know, we're both very out and out feminists here, um, and it's. A, a tricky one because you could argue, okay, well, be more chill is just a story of it's a story of guys and and friendship between guys and yeah, you know, guys saying that they should love each other uh, a bit more, yeah, you know, because I think actually another another thing that I love about Be More Chill is um, the plot line with his dad, yes, um, and I think his dad's actually a really for for such a small role, a really interesting and very complex character, yeah, absolutely. Who, you know, has gone through this divorce. Yeah. Um, is aware that he's kind of failing as a father, but mm-hmm. doesn't really know how to fix it. Yeah. And so then gives advice to his best friend. Yeah. To kind of like make up from where I left off. Right. But then does bring it back around. But then yeah. you have Jeremy who basically is like filled with unrequited love for a girl. He's just never met. 
you know, yeah. I wrote a letter to Christine about how I felt and then I tore it up and flush it. And yeah. they basically seem to meet for the first time in play rehearsal. Yeah. And I I do have a struggle with this, like, I deserve this love because I have it kind of. Yeah, exactly. Male it's like, narrative. I saved you. Yeah. You know? And it's like, well, yeah, I guess, but Michael brought the juice. Right. Like, it's like, but I'm in <laughs> but I'm in love with you. And it's like, well, yeah, but what about me? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, so I don't know. I can't see it changing. It's a big change. Yeah, it's it'd be big, it'd be hard. It, I don't think you could do it with one or two lines here and there, and no. that's about all they might have room for. Yeah. Um Yeah. But, but it, what I guess what I want to know is like um if we do have listeners who are listening, um who are like big, big stands of the show, do you know what I mean? It may have been there in the, the Tumblr Rialto. Yeah. Uh did you clock this? Like because I feel like I, I generally feel like no one's mentioned this. Yeah, that there's not great lady representation in this. No, and it's like it's one of those things that um, nowadays, with you know the rise of feminism, is something that we're talking about a lot more. And when we don't see it, well, and it's something we that's point it out. something that's missing in musical theater, and especially in th- these kinds of shows that are supposed to be hyper progressive and the yeah. face of new musical theater. Like, where the heck are the feminists? Yeah, so it's it's just interesting. It really is it's just interesting. Yeah, because it's a, it's a little surprise. Is that you know that way like you get to know a child really really well, uh, and then they do something you're like that's that's kind of a characteristic. Yeah, and like they, when they say they the just... bumble ball scares the fuck out of my younger brother. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, or they lash out or something. You know, and they yeah. just slide ever so slightly down in your estimation. You're like, oh. Yeah. And it oh, okay. it does speak to that like musical theater proper is still very much a, a boys club, um, mm. and that things like uh, fun home are few and far between. Yeah, um, which is a but shame. then but then again, actually, what I will say, and this will sound really silly, but this season is kind of in the season of the gal in some ways. Yeah, in some ways because with something like Once on This Island, yes. Uh, you super know, hyper-feminist piece. Super hyper-feminist. Um, something, obviously, like Mean Girls. Yep. Uh, something like Frozen. Like Frozen. You know, and like the even, love between two sisters. Even SpongeBob, it's... Tina Lando directing. Like, Yeah. yeah. There's there's some really nice strides happening here. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just find it... Ah, just interesting. So I would like this is this is the kind of you know this will be like my Reddit discussion point. Um, I I would love to talk to people what they think about this. And I'm this is I'm not saying hate this musical. Right. Go right. tear down Tumblr. That's yeah. never going to happen. But that kind of idea of like this musical was so close to ticking all of the boxes. Right. And there's it's just missing a few. It's just missing it. That's that doesn't happen. Right. Like this musical doesn't pass the Bechdel test, which. I know yeah. is like terribly unequipped to kind of measure yeah. some of these things, but yep. it could. It I think it easily it totally could. could. Like the thing is, add in just another character. Right. Give me well, I don't know, just something a little, a little something. Yeah, the girls or, don't all need to be obsessed with the guys, right? Or you know, let's throw it out the window. Maybe Christine says no at the end, and it's more of a Dear Evan Hansen ending, where it's like, yeah, you're you suck, and that's yeah. how we're gonna leave our life. You know, yeah, exactly. and like we can still sing a happy song at the end, but like we're not getting everyone's not going to dance around us because of how happy they are that we're in love. Yeah, yeah, 
And just, yeah. So they, a point. A point. A point. A to point. Make. I'm going to get death threats. Probably not. I hope not. Please don't give me death threats. I don't want to get into that. They're going to give you life threats. <gasps> You're going to be alive tomorrow or else. You upgraded oh, 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 Jeremy It's true that I found you But look around you Whoa All your fears are just so incomplete You can't see it but they're all in pain Operating systems obsolete So let's complete the chains we conclude yes um i kind of want to look we've, we've charted this quite well actually i feel good good on as an instructor you know, we talked about the content talked about the themes how it's risen to power and kind of i now want to look to the future yes um and uh, what you know is be more chill is it a uh what, what's that word like a a sign, a beacon mm-hmm. um, of the shape of things to come. I sure hope so. So I do, and I don't. Okay. <laughs> in some ways. So in terms of the content, absolutely. Yes. Great job. Yes. In terms of how it happened, worries me a little bit. Okay. So um, the only professional production that's ever happened of this Mm-hmm was in New Jersey. Right. Um in the two what is it? Two the Two Rivers Theatre. Two Rivers Theatre. Um there have been other productions. Uh there's great ones in Australia according to Wikipedia. Um there uh have been one in the States, I think again in New Jersey mm-hmm. uh, with a company called Exit eighty two. Yeah. Um which was an amateur production mm-hmm. of be more chill mm-hmm. that i feel must have broken the record for like popularity of amateur productions yes. in the world ever 100 percent. people traveled across continents mm-hmm. to, to get see to see show. this show yeah and this isn't this is an, an amateur an amateur production yeah um that's never that's never happened before yeah um you know they were saying that uh at the at the theater when they were doing kind of like a, a post show, mm-hmm. they had to get security yeah. to monitor the crowds. Yeah, like they, it was entirely unexpected exactly how popular it was going to be. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the actors in this show have like fan art right. and fan accounts yeah. and, you know, uh, stands and things. And I'm like, that is 
odd yeah to me i don't think it's necessarily good um because i just don't think it's the right forum okay for it um no i'm not saying you shouldn't see amateur shows right. you absolutely should right um but the way you behave around it yeah and the understanding that you have around it i think needs to be tweaked um and it was beautifully put in a tumblr post that i read today um where someone was like i really hope that exit 82 production doesn't kind of set the precedent for the shape of things to come yeah i actually i'm gonna find it because i want to credit whoever it is just in case they listen um oh perfect it's like number two um okay so i'm just gonna read it verbatim this this was from i think this was the original user uh dear davy jacobs of course a dear of an answer um Please don't let the audience of the NYC production of Be More Chill be like Exit 82. I know it's just been announced, but please, if you see Be More Chill in New York, don't act like a dick. Exit 82 did a wonderful job, but the audience was terrible. Yeah. A musical is not a sing-along or a concert. You're there to see the actress perform the show, so don't sing along or hum, especially during Michael in the Bathroom. Also, don't say lines along with the actors. They are the ones on stage, not you. You don't need to scream when you see your favourite actor or character. Yes, you can laugh during the funny parts and cheer a bit, but don't be so loud that you can't hear the actors say their names. Mm -hmm. Don't be on your phone or talking during the performance. And if you are going to record a bootleg, do it discreetly. Disclaimer, I disagree with that. Don't do that. Um, The bottom line is be respectful. This is the actor's job and they have to focus. They're giving you this performance and you need to give them your respect. You don't want to be the rude person that Will Rowland tweets about during intermission. Yeah, I might sound aggressive, but this is just some basic theatre etiquette. I love Be More Chill, and the stories of the audience from X82 just made me so sad because people were rude when they had a chance to see Be More Chill live. And I, I'm just like, mic drop, like, yeah. I couldn't put it better myself. Um, I think it, th- th- this is why uh hipsters can't describe what quite why they want to be hipsters but this is why the like culture of hipsterism exists Mm -hmm. because when something becomes popular sometimes its popularity ruins it yeah uh so for example like when i went to see hamilton Mm -hmm. i remember if i said this in the book or not uh when i went to see hamilton um it's hamilton in the uk uh they said immigrants we get the job done um and they had a 20-second ovation. Yeah. Um, and it's like, sure. Right. Uh, but you're only doing that because it happened on the Tonys. Right. And because um, and and like you know people. it's coming and because, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we're, we're getting into Rocky Horror territory here. Right. And it's very unnecessary because there is, an, I don't want to be the... The big old grumpy adults here telling you how you should live your life. Yeah. Um, but there is an element of competition when it comes to fandoms. Yeah. Um, I'm a bigger fan th- than you. Exactly. I know this better. Um, it's a, there is a beautiful community in the music theater fandom. I ain't gonna like put that down. I think it's incredible, and I think it's very respectful. Yes. Amongst peers. Yes. But there is a, there is an element of competition, and it's always been there. 
I've yeah. been guilty of it. Yeah. I know this music. Do you know this musical? Right. Well, oh, I Oh, I thought you would know about that one. Oh, right. that's so interesting. And you want to show that off and you want to demonstrate it in what better place than at the show you adore so much that you know all the lines. Exactly. Um, and that's it's not what it's about. Yeah. It's about going and enjoying this moment that if you do lo- if you do genuinely love it, why wouldn't you watch it? Right. Why wouldn't you take the time to have that moment? Yeah. Well, it's the same you know thing I mean? as like asking people to put their phones down at concerts. Um, yeah. It, it, it is an antithesis to like our core lizard brain, lizard brain kind of motivations um, that like I think takes conscious effort to combat. Yep. Um, so it's it doesn't happen with all the shows, but it's been happening a lot. And it's been happening with the biggins, the yeah. big Tumblr shows. Well, um, I mean, I think it's uh, it's been happening with the shows. It's been it's the direction Broadway is going, regardless whether you're SpongeBob mm-hmm. or Be More Chill, right? Uh, yeah, but also I think no one's going to be at the band's visit, being like, "Yes, right." But I think yes! the band's visit is the holdout. Um, you know, people. When I saw Frozen in Denver, people showed up in costume. Yeah. I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Right, I don't mind being a big fan of something. But I'm it's, a big old nerd. It's like, only a half step until you're also standing up and putting your hair down in the middle of the audience. Right? Yeah. That I mean that is the thing. And that's there is a line. There really, really is a line. And I yeah. feel like um and and as well, because a show like Be More Chill is attracted a lot of new people to the theatre, yes, incredible. Right. Absolutely incredible. But when you're in our house, you need to live by our rules. Yeah, well, and I think that kind of thing. You, you have I'd... to understand that the rules are there for your enjoyment of the piece. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and everyone else's enjoyment of the piece. It, right? Please, please, just be respectful. That is what theatre should be. Yeah. Um, and it's the reason why Pylopone stops a show. Yeah. And it's the reason why X picks up a phone and throws it. Yeah. In Great Comet, um, tweets about these the people... bootleggers in the audience. Like, yeah, these people are doing their jobs here yeah and have been doing their jobs and have worked so hard so hard to do it and right they want you to have a really really good time right but they're not here to hear you yeah ruin it for everyone else i do i agree with you i think i am resistant to audience blaming because it feels like victim blaming Um, Uh uh-huh that like you set up your audience for your show whether you specifically do or the industry does, you know? Yeah. I I really struggle with, like, I've met theater teachers who are like, oh, kids these days can't get off their phones, and so they can't get off yeah. their phones during their performance because they're, they're always snapping and tweeting and instant Facebooking, yeah, yeah. whatever. And, like, in my mind, I'm like, if your show was interesting, they'd put it away. Yeah. Because they're not, like, taking photos of the show. They are bored. And yeah. what's in their pocket is more interesting. Um yeah. And, like, not that you have to make your show a mile of minute interesting, but you do have to teach your audience that to, like, give the chance that the show might be more interesting than the Snapchat in their pocket. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, f- I want the way to teach the audiences that about Be More Chill, about these kind of fancy mm-hmm. kind of shows that, like, hey, it's wonderful that you love this show. The yeah. best way to showcase that is by doing these things. And here's why. You know, if you're not singing along during the show, it will let the other audience members who love the show as much as you experience the show in its truest form. 
Yeah. But like, there's got to be a way to do that. That's not like a, a 20 minute announcement at the beginning of the show. I know. I don't, I just don't know. Because the thing is, is that will happen. But then, you know, Annabelle will start saying the line. Right. But then Jonathan is like, oh, well, Annabelle's like, I'm going to join in because I actually, I know it better than her. Yeah. And then you've caught fire again. Right. Um, It's, it's just really tricky. I don't, I don't like the idea that that's what, that's the kind of way we're going. Yeah. Um, That this is a thing that we should be doing in theatres. It's really not. It's, right. It's, well, I, I hate, I hate and it. And it, it feels, it, it feels dangerous because there's a narrative where we're part of the problem, you know? Where uh-huh. we're working, we're emboldening the fan base and bigging the fan base, and absolutely, you know, the people but listening I w- to this podcast are the people who are going to go to the show and sing along. Definitely, um, but I would never commend. You know, it's that kind of right. thing. It's like if I caught my own children doing that, yeah, I would be disgraced. Um, <laughs> and I would, I would, because yeah, it's, no, it's not something I advocate, and that's why I'm very open about bootlegs. Yeah. Um, and very actually, side side point. There's no bootleg of the original production of the show. I think they're doing a very good job. I think Broadway and the Broadway types have gotten very savvy uh, about bootlegs and their do you think potential and how to manage them, um, and like what how much of a bootleg to let out and what portions of a bootleg to let out and whether you let a bootleg of your whole show out or just a little yeah. bit. I I see that change happening. I think they've finally grown wise to what is useful and what is not, or at least are trying I mean, some things. Yeah, I guess. But it's just for sure this popular, like Heather's is out. Right. We have Heather's. Right. We've got great Comet. But I think like, the only reasons those exist are because whoever the producers or the rights holders have decided letting those exist is better for the marketability for these shows than not letting them exist. Whereas for right. Be More Chill, a show that currently has an off-Broadway production in the works, minimizing the access to bootlegs creates... But it's never existed. Because the, this is the whole thing, is Be More Chill technically only existed four months ago when it exploded. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Before that, it wasn't like it was just rolling around the place, because if it was, it would be everywhere. Right. I just find that interesting. I um, I I think they've just quashed it. I think I don't think I think the the fan base is much more powerful than that. Hmm, interesting. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was just a that was just a brief side note. Yeah. Um. I just think uh, I I really loved reading this post because it it gave me a lot of hope. I guess. Right. Um. And the thing is, this wasn't this wasn't in a Broadway house. This was in a amateur theater right amateur production in new jersey yeah and people were still doing this and it's like if that if that was one of my productions that i put on just an amateur production i'd be livid i'd be yeah. really really angry because i'd be right. like what the hell are you doing yeah the why would you, you think doing? that was okay exactly um and they you know the ushers in these theaters aren't gonna know how to handle no, that if they have ushers like exactly yeah, exactly um it's it's not. It's not fair. I. I mean, to be honest, I can't see that kind of thing. You know, cross continental mm-hmm. visits. Uh, I can't see that happening regularly. Yeah. Um. I hope it doesn't, because again, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's so um, off-putting. It is. It is indeed. Um. And I just think that line at the end of like, um, 
it just made me sad because people were rude when they had the chance to see Be More Chill live. That's the thing is it's like whenever you go see whether it's off Broadway, on Broadway, amateur, right? Um, you this is an opportunity that you've been given. Yeah. So use it use it well. Don't yeah. ruin it for yourself. Well, and you know? I, it's like telling audiences that like we know you like being here. You've expressed that by showing up. You don't need to express that elsewhere except in you know your laughs and your claps during a, the appropriate moments that we've socially decided upon are appropriate for these things that exactly. support the art that's it that support the art that's that are woven into the performance as a whole right you know um you do nothing for will roland's performance when you scream out i love you will roland yeah yeah no you do nothing all you do is you just take everyone you else out ruin of ruin all of it yeah it's yeah. almost like we need to start adapting the applause signs they do for live television. Yeah. Be like, now's okay to clap. You now's may clap now. The, now's the time. Oh my God, that would be so great. Because have you ever had that moment um, if you're uh, in a show or if you're directing a show or whatever, um, and either you've got like uh, like an applause segue mm-hmm. or you've got a no applause segue where you really don't want applause to happen. Right. And, and it then starts, it happens and you're like, oh yeah. no, you ruined it. Yeah. You ruined it. What always uh, gets it for me because um, high schoolers and especially middle schoolers love to hear themselves. Um, yeah. When like a band is playing and one kid is like, yeah, we're going to clap along oh, to the beat of this song, but they're clapping on the one and two or something. Yeah. And it's yeah. not right. And then everyone else joins in, but like they're slightly at different tempos and then yeah. they're at like two different tempos and they're different from where the performers are. And then the performers want to do a tempo change, but they don't know what to do because everyone's clapping. And then they continue nuts. to clap for three more bars just yeah. in case. It's oh, like, no, no, I'll stop clapping. Oh, it now. stops. And then one kid's like, no, no, we could start clapping again. And then everyone laughs at that kid. Right. And nobody's watching the show. It's like this this damn performance is not about you. And it's yes. selfish to do these yes. things. It, it is. It just is. Um, so big old grumpy Gus is over right? here. Right? Look at us. Don't don't um, mess with our theater. <laughs> yeah. That's generally the way I feel. Um Love this show. Love it to bits. Yes. But remember that it is a show. Yeah. It's when the else. movie comes out, go for it. <laughs> Don't give a shit. <laughs> and there are voices in my head. So many voices in my head. And they can yell and hurt like hell, but I know I'll be fine. Still have voices in my head. There are voices in my head. Be more chill. What a ride.
What a ride. I'm so excited to see where the show goes from here. I know. It's very exciting. Yeah. And again, it's like, I can't call it. No, it it feels like it's paving new ground in what used to be a traditional musical theater, like, I don't know, pipeline. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just, it's like, oh, okay. It's the wild card, I feel. It's almost like the it wild card. It is the wild card. Exa- yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And hopefully it'll be a wild card starring Keanu Reeves. Hope, uh, one can only hope. He's like the only cast member they've not talked about yet. That's I, true. They must be trying to get him. It's probably going to be him. Oh my god! Can you imagine? I'm not even. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it would change my life. Oh, that would be just wonderful. It really would. Um, hey, I bet you. I bet you, Keanu Reeves didn't star in our next show. Uh, I mean, who knows? But I do have a quiz question about it. Cool. That was um, an awful segue. I'm sorry. It was a great segue, Jimmy. What show yes. stars quote unquote actors named Effie, Dina, and Laurel? but has nothing to do with Dreamgirls. Dun-dun-dun! Mm. I can tell you what Jimmy. show it isn't. What isn't it? It's not Dreamgirls. It's not. It's also not Be More Chill, so we've narrowed it down. Yep. Phew, it could be anything. Um, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us what you think it is, you absolutely can, and please do. Um, come find me over on Twitter. I am at Asin Hendrix or YouTube at the same handle. Can you imagine if we did the same show twice in a row? I'm Musical Mash <laughs> on Twitter and Musical Theater Mash on YouTube, or you can check out our show Twitter, Jim and Tomic, or our website, jimandtomic.com, which is a link to the Reddit discussion and a bunch of other things, including our yep. Patreon, where you can support us because exactly. you're great. Exactly. Again, some great Reddit discussions. I'm loving Reddit again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you know what's been nice? What? People talking to each other. Good for them. That's what we want. We want to create a community. We're trying desperately. Always. Always. Um, and if you want to be a part of this community, then tell your friends all about us. Yeah. And we will see you next week. Until then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Did they? Ha- we had a toy called a bumble ball. No, I must have been five because my middle brother was born. Oh my god! Is that the one that has like colored things sticking out of it? It's, it, it looks. It yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.